Guys, Matt Haycock's here and welcome to another episode of the Matt Haycock Show where I'm very, very excited for today's episode and today's guest. I know I always say that, but this time I do know it because we've taken about 30 minutes to get set up and I feel like I've got Charlie Johnson with me. I'll tell you about it in a minute, but I actually feel like we've we've recorded a whole episode in the last half an hour without actually recording a word. So <laughs> we're either going to go back and repeat or we're going to tell you loads more great nuggets. But Charlie uh, is a fellow Dubai resident like myself. He is is an ex six-figure uh, earning estate agent from the UK who gave it up, came to Sunny Pastures, and uh, is now a, an online coach, seven-figure business owner, uh, and judging by the last half an hour, great, super intelligent guy about business, fitness, and life in general. So, Charlie, thanks a lot for being here, buddy, and uh, I'm looking forward to talking. Pleasure. Thank you very much for the invite, and hoping to give as much knowledge and wisdom as I can to the audience. I don't know where we start now after 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 all the conversations we, we, we've just been having, but um, I guess I guess t- tell me about your life back in England. What what, what you were doing before before the Charlie that we know now started. So it's funny, we, we touched on this before the podcast began. Like, I was originally a state agent. I, uh, by mistake, it's funny how things work in life. I remember, I think it was 18, 19, I qualified as a PT, decided I hated it, went into ski season, came back to the UK and I was like, what am I going to do with my life? I remember a friend of mine um, got a job as an estate agent. I was like, oh, that sounds like a successful career. So I went on like Read or Indeed or whatever it was and like typed in at the time. Um, I was living in a place called Epsom. There was a place called Walton next to it. It was like a little village. And there was a letting agent or something in Walton on Thames. I was like, oh, that must be the one down the road. Applied for the job, found out it was actually an hour away. And I was like, oh, I'll just go and do it anyway. Ended up getting the job there. Worked there for six years, became manager there, was earning good money, ended up that company ended up taken over by a corporate company. Um, and when I was there, I was about 25, 26. I got back into fitness and managed to transform myself from being overweight when I was younger. And that's when I saw the moment of opportunity, what was happening with like social media, the Gary Vee influence, listen to Grant Cardone. Like I drive around in my Mercedes at work between like viewings and valuations and stuff and just be trying to intake all this information all the time. And that's when the penny dropped. And I was like, okay, I need to set up something to get myself out of this strict nine to five corporate lifestyle where I'm never really going to go anywhere because I'd already maxed the ceiling of probably earning potential at like 26. Um, and from there, it was almost like a fairy tale because I was one of the pioneers maybe of like the online coaching and fitness industry, um, which w- was a blessing, but a curse in some respects because at that time, no one had really figured it out yet. So there wasn't like mentors or people I needed to go to at that time. Um, but to cut a long story short, that was hugely successful. Featured in four was Men's Health. Uh, ended up moving to Dubai a year ago, um, and since then, it's up uh, another business which is helping uh, other fitness professionals build a successful online businesses, which is called Seven Figure Scaling Systems. So we have a podcast for that, share tons of value for that in terms of business. But that's a short 60 to 90 second synopsis of who I am and what I've done. You've given me so many questions to ask already. <laughs> i got to ask you, how, how did you earn six figures as an estate agent in the UK? Because I find the UK estate agency model so broken compared to, I say broken, I, I don't know, but I just let's say so uh, under-motivating compared <laughs> to how it is in the rest of the world. I mean, you're somewhere like Dubai, I used to live in the States, where, I mean, now ultimately the vendors of the properties may argue that, uh, you know, that they're giving up the, they're giving up some of their property price for a high commission for an estate agent, whereas in the UK, you know, 0. 0.75, 1%, whatever it may be, against a 3, 4, 5, 6, it can be in the foreign countries. But also, I guess, you know, where money where money is, motivation is as well. And, you know, you, you just get a, a completely different breed of individual. But I mean, I, I'm struggling to understand anyone earning a, a six figures in the UK as an estate agent. Uh, so for me, I was the manager of the entire branch. So I got paid off the whole branch. And I was very lucky in the fact that, uh, one, I originally worked for a private company at the re- uh, back in the day, it was called Aston Mead. And that was a fascinating experience as a business lesson because those two owners like grinded, like you turn up at 7.30, they're already there working, they'd be working for an hour. And then they got bought out by uh, leaders, Romans, property group, whatever they're called. And then you suddenly see the difference between a privately run business by business owners who are super driven, then a corporate machine and just what a mess it became from that. Um, but I was fortunate because the previous pay structure I had from the small business then basically been merged by a bigger company. I was getting paid a lot more than I should have been. And in that time, which was funny at the time, is the last two years I was there, I was basically getting paid for not doing a lot. I'm just running my online business from whilst working in the job. I mean, let's just talk about that for a minute when you say uh, about a, a big corporate taking over, you know, a, a privately run business. I mean, what, you know, because I've seen it myself. I've also 
mis mistakenly been that corporate who's you know who's taken over a successful independent business and fucked it up. Um, but you know, what, what you know, as a, as an employee in that kind of in that wheel, what did you see as the big the big differences and the mistakes that they made? Uh, the biggest thing that springs to mind is like the computer say no attitude in terms of like. I remember pushing to them at the time of like the social media thing, you might want to do something like, why don't we look at doing X, Y, Z or giving suggestions? And it's always like, no, marketing's doing X, Y. And like people aren't open to different people's opinions. And it's a very structured political game. And I think that's what caused a lot of issues. And I think there's also issues where they start tampering with people's pay structures, the way people were earning commission. And if you look fundamentally at like what the agency is, it's a sales-based gig. So you have to, incentivize people to perform if you start pulling that incentive back people are like well i'm just going to kick back and not going to bother as much such as like i know for example now i actually spoke with my former colleagues who i'm speaking to for five years they now collectively pull commission whereas like for me if i was a stage i'm gonna like, fuck that like i want to earn my own money i don't want to be part of what everyone else is earning so like what's the same as tips in yeah, restaurants you know what, what, no why, why, why should, why you earn your keep right tip? yeah you earn your keep and i think people i think it's respectfully be careful what i say but UK culture is quite soft and they want to try and like level the playing field. Whereas I think it's, that's why I like Americans so much because it's a winner take all mentality. And it's like, if you work hard enough and you're smart enough, you will, the cream will rise to the top. Well, I mean, like we were just saying, you know, tips and and, and the estate agents pool. I was uh, back in England back in December for my office Christmas party, and we I took I don't know there was about 20, 22 people at a private room, and it was it was the, you know the, the the usual semi raucous you know office Christmas party carry on. But there was one one girl in particular who looked after us really really well, um, and let's I forget what the bill was or you know what 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 you know what the reason for give, you know the giving the amount of tip I wanted to give. But I tried to give this this girl a couple hundred quid as a tip. I'm trying to. No, no, no. And she's like this. No, I can't take it. I can't take it. What, what do you mean? No, 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 no. I said, please, I, I want you to have it. She goes, no, no, we have to We have to put all our tips together. So just put it on the bill. I said, that be funny. I don't want to put it together. I said, no one else in the building's looked after us tonight. You know, you've given us great service. Uh, I want to give it to you. She's like, no, I absolutely can't accept it. I'm just trying to stick it in her jeans and she's like pointing at the camera in the camera in the top and she was like, if you really want to give me it, you know, I'll be I'll be in this bar down the road after work. You know, you, you can you can come and meet me and give me it in there. But it's, you know, it's like you said with the stage agent, like with the restaurants. But then as customers, we complain that we don't get the service that we want or, or you know, whether that's a service in a restaurant or the service for, you know, from a business. But, you know, also most of the businesses now from their pricing models, it's always a race to the bottom. And I would, de you know, deviating around it. But, you know, if you look at the estate, agency model now it's always about you know fixed fees or or then going from you know one percent to 0.75 percent then to 900 quid then to 250 quid then to sell it you know sell it yourself and how how can anyone ever expect any level of service when you know when when no one's prepared to share the uh, you know share the share the goodies and i just think you know far too often whether it's businesses or whether it's whether it's consumers, you know, we're, we're always we're always trying to push the price down, push the price down. Never, never think about the value, and everything's a cost as opposed to an investment. Now, you, you probably see it yourself here here in Dubai. I mean, a, a lot of the wages are so much cheaper than they are back in the UK, particularly when it comes to having like, having staff at home. And uh, you know, I've got a driver, I've got you know a, a living Mister and Mrs. etc. And, and let's say I live in Mister and Mrs. You know, they're, they're earning you know nine, nine or ten thousand dirhams a month. I mean, great guy. I mean, absolutely fantastic guys. Then when I, when friends of mine ask what what I pay them, I tell them like, oh, that's a lot. You know, you could you could get them, you could get people like that for say six thousand a month, seven or seven thousand a month. I say, you know, in English money, we're talking about four hundred quid a month here, five hundred quid a month here. Why the fuck do I want to think about saving four hundred quid a month to have shit service? You know, for someone for someone who lives in your house, who, who lives in my house, I actually want to find a way to pay them fifteen thousand a month or twenty thousand a month, and and it's just a, it's just a completely broken mentality. I think it's just a cultural difference. I know it's that straight away having traveled a lot more the last five years that like if you go to the US their culture and mentality is that they rather you went and you tried to set up your own business and you failed then you stayed in a safe nine to five job and you just played along like playing average and I think that fundamentally I, in my opinion is I think why Europe and the UK is going backwards a little bit compared to the rest of the world because we're less aggressive and less willing to take risks Tell me, you said uh, you said you were um, a, a little fatty as a kid. Yeah. Did you did you have a a, a fatty defining moment that that kind of turned? You? <laughs> it's funny you say that because I actually can remember the moment. I was probably like twelve, thirteen. My parents had a house in Mallorca in um, Port Andrews, Catalan, I think it was called. And I remember overhearing them saying about like Charlie's getting fat when you do something about that. And you know, like someone's like harrowing moment as a child in your head. 
And that's probably something that haunted me until I was like 17, 18 and onwards. And probably why I'm so the other end of the spectrum now. But I think not that I have children, but I think that's one of those things that you have to be careful sometimes the language you use with people. And also that's why I never really make opinions on people's um, personal appearance unless someone asks for feedback because you sometimes don't know where that person is psychologically at that time, where that could put someone. I know it's funny because um, I, uh, when I was looking at some notes for this podcast this morning, and uh, and I noticed you, know, you talked about being being an overweight kid. I thought I'm going to ask you what your story is because I did a podcast about four or five months ago, and I was talking with a uh, with a guy called Paul Morton. Yeah, there? no, Paul. Yeah, uh, he's, a, he's a good guy, Paul. And we were recording a podcast, and we were talking about like my weight loss moment. And uh, I, I posted posted the video, and, uh, and my missus gave me so much grief over it, and made made me remove the video from Instagram. I said, "You've used your one life you will ever get in our entire fucking relationship <laughs> for, for 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 getting a veto on my social media." Uh, and I said to her, "You know what?" I said, um, "Charlie's got a fat loss story, so I'm going to use it to tell my story again, <laughs> so so I can repost it." But uh, it, it's, it's it's funny the things that uh, that trigger you because listen, I've I've never considered myself overweight right i thought you know i could be could always be a bit slimmer you know lose a few pounds but for me it was always it was always a balance of you know do i do i have the six pack or do do, do i enjoy the red wine I was, yeah I, I'm, I'm not fat so I'll, I'll have i'll have the red wine and i and, and, and i won't i won't be uh, you know i guess I, I just won't be too much of an exercise uh, exercise buff but we, we me and the missus we were in a good place to miss it but anyway and last march april we're, we're away skiing and we've been we've been grumpy with each other anyway and we've been having a shag and finished the business and she's like she's there, she's there on there on top of me looking down and she looks like you've got a face like thunder that's what's the matter with you she goes look at you she goes, so what she goes you're just so fat i said excuse me <laughs> she goes you're just so fat she goes you've got a fat face fat body I'm like, Ooh, that's a I never, I mean, I know I'm not, you know, not Brad Pitt, but you know, you're going a bit farther. She goes, no, I'm, I'm embarrassed to post a picture of you on Instagram. I'm embarrassed, you know, I'm embarrassed to, you know, to show you to my family. So I think you're going a bit fucking far now, love. I could, I could maybe lose a few pounds, but I think, I think you're going a bit far here. I says, but you know what? I says, I will use that as my, as my impetus to, uh, to, to go, to go out there and lose weight. I said, but be careful what you wish for. I said, because when I fucking start, I will finish. And I said, I said, you, you will find every fucking bird in Dubai hanging off my fucking dick next summer, and you will be furious that you ever told ever told me to lose weight again and uh, and yeah that, I, I literally I, I don't think i ate don't think i ate a meal for about three days after that and uh, and then you know came back to dubai got a personal trainer start, started eating healthy nutrition supplements whatever and listen i've yeah as you can see i've got a long 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 way to go but um I've, I've made some made some very very visible visible changes from uh, from from before, but it's uh, it's interesting you know what what we all use as our motivation, and I guess you know however personal or weird or fucked up we may consider you know, consider our different motivations, it's uh, it's very important to have it. Well, I think it's you always have a catalyst. Not two books I love are Relentless and Winning by Tim Grover, and he talks about Relentless having a dark side, like that one thing that's in your closet that fucking harrows you. And so that for you at the moment is obviously that's pushing you to lose weight. And it's like, everyone's always got something that's driving them, whether it's within their business, fitness, whatever, to keep pushing. Like at a certain point in business, once you've got enough money, like what's driving you to work all the hours? Like there's always something in your head that's driving you and driving you and driving you. I mean, obviously your business is fitness and business. Um, but let's just talk a bit about, uh, I guess, about fitness in business. And uh, even before I'd gone, you know, trying to lose weight, I'd, I'd always been into the gym. I'd always, you know, been into ice baths and running. And, you know, I guess my, my issue was more my nutrition than, than it was. But I always very much saw the value of exercise and knew that, uh, you know, it, it made me made me feel better for the day. You know, okay, I might not be walking around with a six pack, but, you know, it, it kind of clears my mind, get, you know, get, gets me pumped and ultimately makes me perform better under pressure as a, as a, as a businessman. I mean, you know, what, what's your more, uh, I guess, like technical and educated uh, take on all of that? I agree 100%. I think the biggest benefit from exercise isn't physical, it's the mental. In particular, if you're a very stressed, busy entrepreneur, you're in your head all the time. Like, you're lying in bed, you're thinking about work. You're fucking walking around the marina in the morning, you're thinking about work. You can't escape it. But that moment when you're in the gym and you're only, like, you've got your trainer, Jamie, killing you. Like, you're not thinking about all the problems or whatever you have to deal with this day. You're thinking about the bar in your back, like, that not crushing you or killing you. And that's, that almost escapism, I think, is very, like, primal in terms of um, 
you feeling your body and your senses and taking you away from maybe some of the other problems in life, I think is the, the biggest benefit. And again, I think particularly for men, I think the benefit that then comes that you being in good shape is a big signal to the world in terms of who you are. Because if you're in good shape, it shows you've got discipline, you're going to be structured, you're going to be routine, you know what hard work is. Like people know that straight away, no matter how much money you have, you can't necessarily buy being in shape. You can't just throw money in and it happen. Like you have to do the work. It's, it's, it's funny as well, you, you, you talk about the like the people knowing you've got discipline. And I'd never, if you'd have asked me 15 years ago, I would probably never have looked at it like that. But if I now look to employ, if I'm employing someone, say in a salesy type position, but really in any position, if they're, if they're fat, you no. know, I just immediately switch off because I just think, you know, like you say, A, if you haven't got the discipline to want to want to lose weight, have you got the discipline to pick up the telephone and smash the telephone? And secondly, you know, if you prepared, if you're happy with yourself for looking like that, then you know you, you've obviously got no self-respect, standard attention to detail. I'm not saying we all have to walk around, you know, look, 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 looking like they've just come off come off a bodybuilding stage. But you know, if if anyone's more than seven, eight, nine, ten pounds overweight, you know, for a prolonged period of time, then no discipline, lazy, and, uh, and and it has to it has to impact on both parts of life, uh, both all sides of the life. And the other thing I was going to say when you talk about exercise, a friend of mine, a guy called JP De Villiers, don't know if you've ever, yeah, yeah. Uh, ever come across JP. He he always says, you know, show me a person, no matter how much they may not like exercise, that doesn't feel more energized after a workout than than than, than, than before they've done it. And you know, it's, it's just basically impossible not not to feel more energized. And for me, that's always you know very much how how I feel with the exercise, and also with things like you know, I love my ice baths, I love. Cr- Love the, love the cryotherapy room people always say to me you know well what are the benefits you know and I say look I can tell you the seven or eight medical benefits that you know that come on the tin and that, that and that they say it does you know to do with recovery or this or that or the other I said I can't honestly tell you whether or not they work but what I can tell you is after three and a half minutes in a ice bath or three and a half minutes in a cryo chamber I feel fucking amazing I'm buzzing I'm ready to take on the day and if that is the only benefit then I will I will, I will accept it Cryo is uh, an amazing one. So interestingly for like hypertrophy building muscle, it's been shown to have a lot of negative impacts on that in terms of recovery. But if you're trying to build muscle, if you're trying to build muscle, but it can actually aid in terms of uh, burning body fat. One thing I do find fascinating with it though, is what you said. And that's that's why I love it. I wish I had one of my buildings. I literally would go every day is I'd go first thing in the morning just because it lights your brain on fire, like almost like dopamine. As soon as you come out, you just feel insane. And you can think so clearly. It's that like fight or flight response it triggers in your body. Like you know what you mean when you come out, you just feel yeah. super clear headed. Um, I can't really think of anything else that changes that. And also, if you're in a bit of a shit mood or stressed with something, the easiest, the two easiest ways to change your state are one, something like an ice bath or cryotherapy. Because as soon as you go in, you're not thinking about anything else. Other than like this is fucking cold. Or the other one is exercise. Like, so if you're in a really bad mood, one of the best things you can do sometimes is just go work out for 15, 20 minutes. And you often find that like flip the switch and take you out of whatever you're having a problem about. I mean, it's funny how, you know, I guess how uh, attitudes to things change o- over time. And, you know, I mean, we're very much in a in an era of, of a much more uh, health conscious, you know, fitness conscious culture than, than, than we ever used to be. I mean, like, you know, I'm about 10 years on you, but I do feel like, I mean, I, f- I feel like I can remember my 18, 19, 20, 22, like it was yesterday. But I do also think, and think it's 20 years ago, and it feels like a complete another era then. And, you know, to talk about how if you're stressed, to go for a run or have an ice bath feels almost like completely laughable to what the era was 20 years ago like, oh, you're stressed go on get a, few, get a few pints down as well bang a line of gear up your nose or something you'll feel but you'll feel better <laughs> in no time and it was it was it was it was never my thing anyway because uh, I mean the, the, the drugs has absolutely never been my thing but even I do like a drink but if I'm stressed I think getting drunk is not is I'm just gonna ultimately end up being more stressed it's not when you know people go oh, I'm really stressed you need to go on holiday well, I don't need to go on holiday because if I go on holiday, I'm going to then spend the whole time on holiday thinking about the problems I haven't solved and I'm going to come back a week, a You've week got to deal with when you get back, right? <laughs> with, with probably more problems because I've ignored everyone for, everyone for the last week. But yeah, you know, when, when you when you look at the the cures or the, or, the, or the kind of resolutions to stresses, I can't really think of anything other than exercise that is a genuine cure to a problem, whereas everything else is either a masker or if anything, you know, it might make you feel better in the short term and ultimately so so much so much worse in the long term. Well, I think a lot of people try and use things like drugs, alcohol, food, sex, to almost like numb the pain of whatever the, the do, issue we is. We do sex. Yeah. <laughs> whatever the, the issue is or the thing they're stressing is trying to like escape the reality of, of the problem. And I think you hit the nail on the head is the biggest 
thing that most people struggle with is if you've got a problem like you're overweight or you've got business stress, people don't want to deal with things heads on, as head on. And it's that like analogy of like swallowing a frog. You've got to like deal with whatever the big problem is head on. If you don't know how to do it, find someone to help you do it. Let's talk about your business. Let's uh, let's talk about the online coaching. Um, how did it start and how did it grow? Uh, it's funny looking back because I remember sitting in my sofa when I lived in Kingswood in Surrey. I used to charge like forty pounds. I used to charge forty pounds a month for online coaching. I used to make like shitty word documents for people's diets and have to manually type it out. Was this like one on one online coaching? Yeah, one on one. So that escalated quite quickly after probably six to twelve months of doing that, mainly because. I was just churning out results for people and it, like fitness is really easy for anyone listening to this if you've got a fitness business it's the ultimate results based business right so like say if you were a client of mine and I helped you drop 10 kilos and suddenly like swanning around your boat with a six pack and taking photos of social media people's gonna be like what the fuck has happened to this how has he done this so like, you would end up getting piles of clients or referrals off the back of you so basically all your clients are walking around with referrals share them on social media it's basically just being really good at your job and understanding basic marketing you can then grow but what I did and I still do to this day is focus on um, really pushing value content. We spoke a lot about Gary V already, but um, I like the expression of thinking about making content has this educational, but has utility. So you teach something someone can actually go and use that day. And they're like, holy shit, that works so well. I feel so good. That's the this free thing. I wonder what like pay stuff's like. I think the more people have that mentality when it comes to building their online business, the quicker they will scale. I think the big mistake a lot of people make is they try and do they try and run to where you can walk and they'll look at me maybe at chapter 12 when they're still at chapter one and try and overcomplicate the process rather than just stick at the beginning in terms of being really good at what you do and think about using clients to acquire more clients. The sort of thing that Alex Wormosey would talk about. When you were saying that, I was just thinking, well, Mosey, you know, yeah. but, but back to back to the basic principles. There's an expression of, you know, give the secret away for free and sell the implementation. And I guess, you know, nowhere is that probably more true than in, than in fitness, because, you know, ultimately, Anyone can learn any workout they want to learn from a book, from a, you know, from YouTube, Google. From, you know, from Google, from Instagram, or whatever. But I guess you know, ultimately, you know, with with the personal training, you know, it's someone to hold you accountable, or someone to push that twelfth rep out of you when you can only you know get to eleven, or someone to make you turn up when when you would have stayed in bed. What uh, I mean, how do you work with the online coaching? Because is, is it is it one on one? Because I know you've helped like over ten thousand people. I think you were saying twelve thousand people before we started recording. I know it's your goal to get to get to a hundred thousand people but are you doing that on a one-on-one or is, is it is it more like an app and you're teaching people on a group basis uh it's a combination of both so we have an app we deliver our programs on so we build customized training programs and nutrition programs for everyone so there's videos you can watch on how to do the exercises but the reason we get such good results is you already hit the nail on the head earlier on in the podcast where you said that you know you start to focus on your nutrition you start to see results so where most people get wrong is they don't understand that only 10% of the calories you burn every single day are actually from exercise. So therefore, logically, if your goal is to lose fat, which is probably most people's goal who are listening to this, that's where you need to spend your time to try to get that error, right? So it's basically simple math. So what we help people do is focus on really nailing down fat and then keeping people accountable and making sure they're adherent to it. Like people mistake a lot of things when it comes to fitness, thinking it's an all or nothing mentality, where the reality is it's only an 80% consistency and you, and you do that consistently and you will see results. So um, we do that by a couple of different ways. We do one-to-one calls with clients on Zoom, like they can jump on and jump on calls with the coaches. Um, we do like Loom video feedback where the client will update photos, weights, and then they'll get a video feedback in terms of, okay, this is what you're doing. This is where you're stuck. This is what we should change. So it's more of a 24-7 coaching uh, process rather than just you turn up for a PT to babysit you three times a week um, just to make sure you turn up to the gym, which as I know, the route some people go down but that's almost like putting a plaster over the real problem and what we focus on doing is getting people to open up in terms i actually have an issue at night that i go and eat a tub of ben and jerry's at 9 p.m is there anything you can do to help me come around this yes why don't you try eating halo top ice cream that's only 300 calories instead of a thousand there you go 700 calories a day you still get to eat some ice cream it's those simple solutions that compounded can help people and it's just getting them to have that trigger moment to understand that um the big thing for them to get the results they want is just changing their mindset. And the reason people don't get results long-term is they don't believe that they can actually get results. And I feel my superpower with what we do with fitness training and the business coaching is helping people fulfill their potential by getting them quick wins to get them confidence and momentum. 
I mean, I think that's that's the same problem in in so many fields, isn't it? You know, whether whether it's uh, fitness, whether it's business. I mean, I, I was talking to a podcast uh, guy recently. He was saying that the, the stat is that I think uh, for everyone that starts a podcast, you know, uh, the majority of people finish finish at episode number seven and and and, and never get any further. But it, uh, I mean, I know when I uh, when I used to do my kind of annual fitness journey because you know, us fatties we talk about annual January. Fitness. Yeah, well, it was, it was never something as January, but what I'd always do is I would go to Portugal in kind of October, November time and do a one, do a one week uh, juice juice yeah. cleanse, juice, juice detox there. And I could normally drop up to, I don't know, eight to 10 pounds or something during that time. And I know, you know, someone will argue, well, it's completely unsustainable and it's, you know, it's not healthy, it's this, that and the other. But my argument always was, I'm not saying it's a great way, but I just know that it kicks me off with a good blast. And that's the, that's the kind of psychology I need to to know that I've got a good immediate Im, immediate win because otherwise, if I'm you know if, I, if I'm just starting normally and losing one or two pounds a week and you're making micro muscle gains a week, you know, you, you're going to give up, well, not necessarily, but let's say I would probably give up by weeks four or six or eight you know, before I've seen it when it's like it's like that old image of the gold digger, isn't it? Yeah. He was, he was not, not knocking and he's been going for 30 days and he's, 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 he's that far away from the gold. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, what is your, uh, I guess, number one mistake that, that people make when it comes to trying to lose fat? Because I mean, there's so many different diets out there from keto to, you know, to carbs versus protein, all these, I mean, are there, are there good things in any of these diets and bad things or, or is there a different secret or a different answer? So the secret to fat loss is one thing and it's calorie deficit. It's as simple as that. If you burn more calories than you consume every day, you will learn body fat. Now, does it depend what's in the calories? Because, you know, um, you, you can have, I don't know, for example, I, I actually order a lot of my food here on Kareem or Deliveroo and I, I used some of this morning called, you know, cake, it's spelt K-Cal. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, you know, there. And, and they give you the, the breakdown of what's in the food. And you know you could get something that's four, two different things of both 400 calories, but one's let's say very high fat grammage, very high carb ga- um, grammage, and smaller protein, and the other ones, you know, the other ones are flip side around, but they're both 400 calories. I mean, what, what, what's the, what, you know, what's um, the difference there? In basic essence, it doesn't really make any fucking difference. So, like, what I'd say to everyone is that the if you look at the hierarchy of what's going to have the biggest results, calories is always going to win over what you call macronutrients, protein, carbohydrates, and fats. So. If you focus on making sure that you get that number correct, you will see progress. So when it comes in terms of like the best approaches, the best approaches for the individual in terms of what you can actually do consistently and stick to that will see you lose weight and be in a calorie deficit. So for example, to break that down and give a really good example, there was a, a lady in the US, Suhi something, and she did a bodybuilding bikini prep diet and she ate a Mars bar every single day on her diet to prove that you could get like competition lean eating basically whatever the fuck you want. Uh, and she actually won a prof- like an IFBB pro card eating a Mars bar every day for like 16 weeks to prove the point that it doesn't really matter what the food is. There are certain caveats to that that I would employ. So one would be that the most important macronutrient you need in your body is protein. So everyone should aim for at least one gram of protein per pound of body weight. A day. A day. So that reason for that is that um, muscle repair, satiety in terms of feeling fuller for longer, um, and then it, from there, basically what we do is we use what we call a metabolic priming approach, which is trying to get your body to utilize carbohydrates correctly. So if we look at something like a ketogenic diet, the ketogenic diet works because it puts you in a calorie deficit because you're removing one food group essentially off the table so you eat less. Now, people say um, ketogenic diets makes you burn more fat, which is correct because you're eating more fat, so your body's gonna burn more of the fat you're eating because you're gonna eat a lot more fat on a ketogenic diet to get the calories. So it doesn't really make sense. And what happens when people start a ketogenic diet is they drop weight very, very quickly. This is because of two reasons. One is because if you think of most carbohydrate foods tend to be quite voluminous, like rice, pasta, bread. You stop eating that, you tend to eat less, your weight will drop. Secondly is your body will be depleted from glycogen and also water because you're eating the carbohydrates. So you can easily drop a couple of kilos just from that in the first week, but that's not actual fat loss. So as soon as you start to eat carbohydrates again, your weight will come back up again. And that's where people need to understand the difference between losing weight and losing fat. So the best advice I'd recommend for everyone in terms of some basic principles for fat loss, make sure you're in a calorie deficit. To work that out very simply, if you ate two and a half thousand calories every day for a week, if that was uh, stable and your body weight's not changing, I'd probably drop that 500. Try and do an extra 20 minutes of exercise a day. You should start to lose weight. Um, the foods you eat 
you can pretty much eat whatever you want as long as you're within that allowance, but try to have a pound, uh, gram of protein per pound of body weight. Um, and you can eat carbohydrates in the evening, you can eat carbohydrates first in the morning. It almost doesn't really matter so much at an overview level what time you eat your food. There is um, certain areas where this can be improved, but people worry too much about like the nuances about like what fucking creatine should I buy? It doesn't matter. Like they're all pretty much close to everything else. So if people just focus on adherence, what will fit their lifestyle? Like for you, for example, ordering in food, that's what you need to focus on. You mentioned creatine. I mean, what, what, what is your view and take on on supplements, both, uh, I guess, you know, your over-the-counter proteins and your creatines and your, your vitamins and your minerals, and then, uh, you know, your, your, your testosterones and your growth hormones and that kind of stuff as well? Uh, really good subject. So the name of supplements is the giveaway is a supplement to healthy diet. So a couple of core supplements everyone should take from a longevity point of view. Number one would be... Um, would be uh, fish oils, so amazing for healthy fats, reducing inflammation in the body. Inflammation is the number one cause of disease, so if you can bring that down, chances are you're probably gonna live a bit longer. Um, secondly, I would highly suggest everyone use creatine. So creatine basically uh, increases almost stored energy within muscle cells. Um, there's not really any side effects for it at all. Super, super cheap. Um, How do you take it? It's just, it's just cause uh, I've actually got some at home. I've never, never opened it. Um, put a, a so spoonful. I would recommend everyone takes five grams a day. Uh, fairly consistently. You take it around the workout. So before training, during training or after training, it's also been shown to have improvements in cognitive function, how your brain works. And there's also been research to say it helps you burn an extra 50 calories a day, which does add up after a while. Um, creatine also is found naturally within red meats, but it'd be very difficult to get enough from red meat to be able to fulfill what you need. Um, those are probably the two, and like a multivitamin to fill any holes in your diet. But there's a lot of other things we go into with clients laid on top of that. But the only way to really know what you need is based upon blood work because everyone's body responds differently and has different deficiencies and different needs. So even if you look at uh, where you live in the world, right? Um, one of the best supplements everyone can take, particularly if you're a guy, is vitamin D, because there's a big impact in testosterone production. So if you live in Northern Europe, you live in Scandinavia, UK, Germany, somewhere like that, chances are you've got a vitamin D deficiency because you're not in the sun. Sunlight, yeah. So if you live in Dubai, you can have less of that issue because you're going to have glorious sun time because you're spending all the time. That's uh, why everyone's so yeah, 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 exactly, right? <laughs> so those things have a big contributing factor. When we look at um, pharmaceutical drugs, one of the biggest issues in the world right now that's very much swept under the radar but is coming a lot more uh, mainstream, particularly in the US, is uh, low testosterone in men. So testosterone levels in men has been tanking for like the last 50 years, pretty much since World War II. And this is something that can literally change men's lives. So if people are suffering with um, low libido, depression, low confidence, getting your blood work done and seeing if you have low testosterone, if you get that back up to range by working with a doctor or seeking third party advice, that will literally change your life and also your body composition. Um, in terms of, you mentioned in terms of growth hormone, that is a compound that people use a lot for anti-aging, which I think has a lot of benefits in low doses. Same in terms of even for fat loss and muscle building. I'm going to uh, I'm going to carry on from your testosterone comment about being swept under the carpet and uh, and, and and lift the lid on my numbers as um, as I guess uh, uh, an instructional point point for people uh, for people listening or watching this. As I started taking a testo testosterone, well, I was going to say supplement, I started taking testosterone last April kind of time. And so it's one of those things, as laymen, you know, we, we never understand anything, do we? And we associate testosterone to shagging. And it's and it's, it's as simple as that. Or aggression. Or, or, yeah, or, or, or aggression. Yeah, that's true. You, you see a grumpy person, yeah. and like, oh, he's taking roids this yeah, morning, yeah. or something. But, you know, but as a, I guess as a non-gym goer, you think... Do you do plenty of shagging? Well, then you haven't got a testosterone problem, and and that's 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 where my my head was at with it uh, with it before. Not that I've particularly been ever thinking about uh, taking uh, testosterone uh, replacements or, or or additions, but some some people were talking to me about it last year, uh, so I went to get my bloods done over here, and I mean again, everyone's got their own scale, but on the on the scale that we use where I do my blood work, testosterone uh, your, your level, your recommended level, well not so much recommended, but your your, your minimum acceptable is like two eighty going up to going up to 800 and the way it's explained to me is that let's say at 800 you're like a, a healthy 21 year old guy peak performance yeah which is what you want right you don't be fucking average at you know obviously at 280 you you're probably starting to get to get to issue territory my first my first test last uh april time was about 420 425 something like that which 
obviously from a, from a black and white you know medical numbers you know it's it's 50% of where it would have been when i was 21 which I guess, if you just if you want to be, I don't know, soft about it, you say, well, why would it, you know, why would it not be that, you know, you've you've, you've naturally tailed off over, you know, over the years. And I guess as an individual, I never would have said I had an issue because, like I said, I certainly got no libido issue, and you know, I didn't think I had had issues elsewhere. So I started initially with the um, with, gel with, with, with the gel, um, and that took me over three or four months. That took my levels up to about six fifty. And then after the gel, it was the old jab in the ass, which which then took took me up to fifteen hundred off fifteen hundred <laughs> off off the scale. Now obviously the, the the missus will joke about it as soon as I start putting the gel on. I mean I'm pinning her up against the wall by the neck five times a day, uh, but libido aside and like i said i never had any libido issue but yeah obviously it naturally makes you more horny um but all the other effects of less tired you know bouncing out of bed in the morning you know even if it's i've gone to bed at two and i'm up at six you know with so much energy um you know having having more energy to work out wanting to work out more you know doing two workouts a day even if that's just a weights in the morning and, 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 a, and a run at night and then obviously reading up on testosterone and, and and understanding that it's necessary in muscle making, it's it's part it's part of how your fat's distributed in your body, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, you, you start you start to see the benefits. And it's funny, and I I go back to England, um, and your mates who see me back in England, like fucking hell, you know, you 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 look so different. Either of you seen you with your top off on Instagram, or you know, we'll 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 see you in the flesh now, and you know, you, you you're looking ten years younger. I said. Yeah, you know, thank you. And obviously, everyone always says to me lately, "Oh, you look ten years longer." I said, but the truth is, I actually, feel twenty years younger. And these are the things that I'm doing. And they go from immediately being interested in what I've got to say to saying, "Fuck that!" You know, I'm not. You know, why, why would I take that? Or why, why, why would I, why would I do this injection? Or why would I take that supplement? Well, well don't. But I've just you, you've, you've just asked me. You know. What what, I could, what you can do to lose weight, and you know you're telling me that you know you, you're depressed and you've got low you know low libido and you're lethargic and you can't be asked with your missus and your kids are making you tired and you can't go off the couch and I've given you a quick a quick easy fix to sort it, but I guess it's that um, I don't know what what's the word you know whether black sheep uh, well I was going to say you know pu- pu- public perception yeah. or, or of, uh, of of all these things that you know that, that they're so bad and I always, and I always say to my guys I said you know you've known me for twenty five plus years you know I won't go near a fucking drug or anything like that so for me to be for me to be advocating for this stuff. You know, you what you should should listen to me for a bit, surely. And ultimately, you know, we're not putting anything into our bodies that isn't already there in the first place. You know, and and it's mad as well because the people the people are telling me, oh, fucking, I'm I'm not having a testosterone injection once a week. Well, I mean, you, you don't hesitate to start sniffing a bag of gear on a Saturday night <laughs> off a dirty toilet seat, but you know, but you, you you've, you've got an issue with a nurse nurse administering some testosterone. And I like say, I mean, I'm sure. I mean. If I was to be getting involved in another business over the next three or four years, 100% it would be something in the kind of anti-aging slash medical slash fitness space like you know, like, like that. Because I think in the same way that, you know, we, well, even with women, if, if women were having Botox 20 years ago, they were, the, they were like the one-off. It was like, fucking hell, you know, she's that one that's, you know, got, got the trout lips. And then you know they're five, all fucking going out. Yeah, then five years ago, every bird's got it. But you know, if a guy's done it, it's like what that guy's done it. Whereas now it's obviously guys aren't doing it as much as girls, but you know that they're, they're not far far short. But I guarantee in another three to five years, every guy will be botoxing and fillering as much as the girls are. But more importantly for this conversation, it will be absolutely it'll be as normal as taking a vitamin C supplement to have a testosterone injection or or, or a growth hormone supplement at a hundred percent. That is that is, that but is that, what, what's even funnier. I just came to my head what you just said people are happy to have a random vaccine shoved in them that they don't fucking in my opinion don't fucking need um, yet something that's already in their own body they're not happy to do and I think this is where people sometimes need to learn the skill of critical thinking and the amount like my parents have a lot of health issues and I try and advise them sometimes they don't fucking know sometimes um, and then their doctor will say something like that's not right and then six times down the line they're like yeah you, you were right I was like because this is a thing that I think everyone is so married to the idea that doctors, the NHS, whoever is like gospel and they must be correct. As a reality, these people learn from a book that's probably 50 years old. And these people often aren't thinking for themselves. They're just regurgitating information that they've retained rather than looking at 
the, the information in front of them and making an informed decision. So this is one of the key things we help with a lot of men who come to us who are in the situation with um, low confidence, self-drive, less sex drive, like less drive in life generally. It's like, this is something you probably want to look at and get your blood work done to see if this is actually an issue. And taking what you've just said there on a slight, slight business bent as well, that, you know, ultimately for me, that just shows the importance of how we need to learn as much as we can about every single thing. Well, obviously, certainly anything that we're going to have exposure to, but, you know, but the more the merrier because, you know, everything that kind of has a knock on effect or something else. And you just said yourself that, you know, people believe what the doctor says and you think, well, he's a doctor. He must know more than me in the same way they go to a lawyer. If they go to an accountant, and they say, oh, he's, he's a lawyer. He must know more than me. And I've never, ever met a business owner who doesn't think that their lawyer or their accountant is the best accountant in the world. And it's, and it's always, always because, you know, they've either saved them a couple of quid in tax, but, you know, any competent accountant or, or, or lawyer should have been able to do that for them. But the reality is, the reason they think they're so good is because they know something that you don't know. But like it, like, like anything, like football players, like personal trainers or, you know, like, like doctors, you know, there's good, there's good and there's bad ones. I think, you know, the, the biggest biz, biz, sorry, the biggest mistake people make in business is not learning as much as possible about every single discipline that's in there. Maybe, maybe not enough to be good enough to be able to replace all the people, but certainly good enough to be able to have a conversation so that people aren't pulling the wool over your eyes, whether that's people internally in your organization or people externally like uh, you know, like uh, lawyers, accountants, you know, or whatever external consultants you may use. And taking it back to what we were just saying, it's just, just the same with doctors, you know, okay, I'm not saying you're going to learn learn enough to be able to replace the knowledge of that doctor and to be able to go and do do his job for him. But surely you want to be able to have enough to make a, a you know to ask some critical questions or to or to decide when you need a second opinion. The the beautiful thing you said there just reminded me of my favourite saying. It's a genius doesn't have great answers. He asks great questions, mm. and that's the most important thing people need to like think about. And the same thing if I can stand on stage and talk about fitness fitness businesses, whatever, people can ask anything like, and I don't care because I'll be able to answer it. If you ask someone a question or something in their specific field and they don't know what the answer is, that's when you probably should question what's going on. So to give an example, I recently went for fertility treatment to give have sperm frozen to have kids when I'm older, so there's not any issues. The doctor was trying to lecture me about taking protein powder, about how it was going to ruin my kidneys. But he was probably 10 stone overweight. And I was like, like pot kettle black in terms of scenarios. And I think sometimes you just have to learn to just take everything with a pinch of salt, people say, and sometimes see through what is right and what is wrong. Well, I mean, it was in a, in a fitness, well, not fitness, but health and longevity book I, I was reading lately uh, that uh, talked about stem cells and yeah. stem cells replacement. Which ben is, Greenfield's one. No, it was actually the Tony Robbins okay. one called uh, Life Force. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that, yeah. I'd never even heard the concept of, of stem cells before. Uh, and having mentioned it to a few people now, I mean, there's a very, very micro subset of the people I know who, who, who are kind of in that space. Uh, but it's now made me excited to have a baby on the way so I can go and steal her, steal her st stem cells and make sure that, make sure that I, can, I can live forever. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess it, it's like, you know, whether it's medicine, whether it's business, whether, whether it's anything, it's, it's, you know, all these things just hammer home the importance of always looking forward, not looking backwards and, 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 and finding finding whatever you know the, the next the next big thing is i think the way i try and look at it and people we work with is like i want to be like peter pan who never ages like you don't want to be in steady decline and one of the biggest mistakes i see people making is you see a lot of people when they retire right they stop working they just fucking drop off a cliff it's like and this is something people need to change their perspective is that fitness isn't a finite game that it ends you don't work out for a week and then you never work out again you don't get in shape and then you just stop same with business it doesn't never really ends you have to like the, the point of the game is to stay in the game so you can keep continuing. And I think that's where people just need to change their perspective and understand that they need to maintain their body for the rest of their life for the next hundred years, not just blow it up in three years and just abuse it and then have to reap the repercussions from that for the next 40 years afterwards. Well, I, I'm sure there will be, you know, if, if we go if we go forward 10 or 20 years, I'm sure that the older people of in 20 years' time will look materially different to, you know, to, to, to where they were, you know, well, never mind 60 years ago, e even today. I mean, you know, you always used to look at, at Sylvester Stallone and, and, and Arnie as that, you know, as that that peak of uh, physical physical specimen who now even in, in the 70s are, are still are still tra training like mad. But I mean, I guess they, they were they were the complete anomalies in an era where everyone was a fat and everyone, mm. everyone, everyone was drinking booze and stuff. So I think, you know, it will be interesting to project forward, you know, today's culture of, I mean, like, 
my daughter's my daughter is nearly 17 i was telling you before we recorded this and i was talking to her the other day and people probably laugh thinking that she's lying to me lying to me like every kid was but i was no i was asking her the other day i was saying how many of your pals smoke and she was saying none of them i said what what uh, she means proper cigarettes i said yeah proper cigarettes she goes not one of them she goes there's plenty of vapors she goes but none, none of them smoke now 25 years ago when i was her age i never i mean i've never had a cigarette in my life um but every single one of my mates smoked i mean some of them at 16 years old to the point where they'd be doing 20 a day and how the parents had no idea i've i've, I've got i've got no idea but you know that the, the the youth of today is so much more health conscious than than you know they, they were five years ago, ten years ago, certainly twenty five years ago. So yeah, it would be for me fascinating to project that forward and see what you know see what a sixty five year old do, do, does look like. Because again, you know, I'm, I'm, I feel I'm kind of in that that hybrid age bracket of of knowing that when we used to talk about 65 year olds when i was a kid they were fucking old they, 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 they were old they were knackered you know you would never even even think think of being in those terms i mean even even someone of 42 and i remember when i'm 16 or 17 think 42 fucking hell i mean that absolutely finished you know I, I want to be 25 for life or something but i mean whether it's just psychological or whether it is you know living in a different era i i feel younger now than I did 20 years ago. I'm not saying I'm excited about being 65, but you know, I certainly don't have any of the fears that I used to have 20 years ago about, about, about aging because it's such a, for me, just feels such a more different and exciting time. I think it's a new challenge and it just shows the right decisions you've been making and how that's paying off for you. Even though I spoke to someone about this the other day that my joints and body actually feels better than did when I was 27 because I actually look after myself more now in terms of the way I work out, um, cryotherapy, saunas, like sleeping properly, like all these small things like compound over a period of time, even if it's just little 1%, that has a huge impact. Talk to me about the, the two comma club because when I was uh, prepping our notes for this and I noticed you were in it, I thought, um, you know, we were talking about people uh, we liked before this podcast in terms of listening to, we mentioned Hormozy, we mentioned uh, like Gary V, but Russell Brunson, I think he's a guy that, uh, you know, wh whether it's an act of the of the ultimate marketing hum humbleness or, or, or whether that really is what he's like, I, I do find him a, a fascinatingly intelligent and, and, and humble in equal proportion guy guy to listen to. I mean, have you met him actually? Uh, any briefly, so I've been to Funnel Hacking Live 2021, 2020, um, and it was an amazing experience and it's like a cult. It's the only way I can really describe it when you go there, like it's insane. And you suddenly realize how weird and big the online marketing space is and people selling all sorts of random shit. Uh, but I'll go into the other one in September to get an award there. But um, they have an amazing platform. I think he, similar to Hormozy, is very clever in the way he pitches his words. I don't know if you've read his books, but his books in terms I'm of marketing are phenomenal. Re I mean, I've read them about three times, yeah. all of them. And I'm, I'm currently rereading Dotcom Secrets at the moment. But uh, I mean, that th they are like, like a, for anyone who's not Bible. not, uh, not re um, read these, if you're listening or watching this, we're talking about Dotcom Secrets. Um, traffic, traffic Secrets. Traffic Secrets. What, what I can't remember. There's like a, there's a trilogy. Of them, yeah, it? it's a trilogy. A red one, a green one, and a blue one. Yeah. And you must, must buy them because they, they are, I, I don't know, in equal proportion, the simplest, but also the most important and intelligent, you know, marketing, timeless marketing lessons. I mean, yeah, they're written in the context of e-com and, and, and dot-com, but they're, you know, they're just absolutely timeless, you know, sales and marketing classics that, you know, anyone should be buying and downloading, but sorry, go on. Uh, I think what I like so much about him is just the principles they push, you can apply to any business. So like, mm -hmm. almost like you were saying, it doesn't have to be an online fitness business. It doesn't have to be an online business drop shipping surfboards or whatever. Like you can apply, apply that same methodology to anything. So one of the big things he's a big advocate of is uh, the hero's journey. So being like the star at the front of the business, you practice what you preach, which is almost like what I said earlier in the podcast is like, be a really good coach if you want to be a fitness coach, be in great shape yourself and get uh, really good results for clients. You'll get loads of clients. The same as like you wouldn't go to financial advice from someone who's fucking broke. Like you go to someone who's successful and there's that saying that success leaves clues and I think that's very much what they do with their business. I mean, do you do your funnels yourself? Or uh, you I used to. So actually, this is this is a really good topic. I fucking love talking about this. So this is like back in the grind of like 2019, 2020. I think when I first left my job, I did everything. So I was like, I learned to run Facebook ads, make funnels, email marketing, uh, build websites, like did all my social media, everything. And for me, I think that's where so many people go wrong and you referred to it earlier in terms of talking about lawyers and accountants is that 
a great example of this is Facebook ads, right? People try and hire and delegate Facebook ads to someone, but they don't have a fucking clue what they're talking about. Um, and the person's gonna talk to them about click-through rates, frequency scores, all this sort of stuff, and it's a different language. And if you don't understand something, just to like a basic fundamentals, you can't delegate it to someone else because you're not actually gonna know if they're doing the job correctly, or you're not gonna know what CPM should be or like or anything. So for me, whatever business anyone has, one of the key things is just to understand everything to a certain degree. If you can't do that, then you probably shouldn't be in that business. Like, I've always wanted to have a software business, but I, I don't have fucking write software, I don't have to write codes. So it's like, it's probably not a good idea. So stay in your own field to arena, which is why the three businesses I have all sort of overlap each other in my own field. So who who does your, so you use ClickFunnels, yeah. do you? And, and do, do you have do you have like an outsource team? Or uh, someone who works so this is the beautiful era we live in now is that you can hire people all over the world. So we've got, um, one of the biggest mistakes I made in business last year is I hired a tech team I was paying $20,000 a month to for like three months and a fucking disaster. I now have a Filipino uh, who I pay $5 an hour to who basically does the same thing, um, who is amazing, gets everything done and super, super easy. And the key thing is identifying um, someone who's got the potential to do what you want to do and make sure you actually give them a clear process of like, this is how it's to be done. This is how it needs to be fulfilled. Well, listen, it's been great talking to you. Uh, I know, as I said, when we started, we'll be between 30 and 60 minutes. I think we're already over 60. I could, I could go on for I could go on for hours and hours. So I hope we get to do a round two of this. I'm uh, I mean, before you go, leave me leave me one uh, one marketing or business or fit, fitness uh, secret that uh, everyone um, should abide by. I'll give you one feature. Fitness secret, the easiest thing I'd say is... If you want to lose weight, do two things. Track what you weigh every day and track what you eat every day. That will give you a really good understanding in terms of how your weight changes in terms of um, what you're consuming. So just use like MyFitnessPal, track for, for roughly what you eat, weigh yourself first thing in the morning as soon as you, like, after going to the toilet and you'll understand that. That will help you lose weight. Uh, business perspective, I say social media, the biggest mistake most people make is A, not consistency and not turning up and B, is not giving value to the audience in terms of a way to help them. So I remember one of my early mentors to me said that um, your content makes you come across like a narcissistic prick because it was just like ab selfies in the mirror or whatever. And I was like, I see where you're coming from. And that big pivot really helped me to change my business and change my life and help me fulfill and help a lot of other people. So that's the big thing is in terms of like Gary Vee talks about in the book, it's like um, jab, jab, right hook. It's like give, give, and then sell. Rather most people I think at the moment just try and go for the sell before giving any value first. And I guess uh, talking about social media, a nice segue into, we'll, we'll leave the show notes on this afterwards, but where, where can people find you on social? How can they download your course, not your course but how can they uh, sign up to you as a fitness trainer? Uh, fitness trainer wise, check me out at Charlie Johnson Fitness on Instagram, same on LinkedIn, YouTube, uh, TikTok, pretty much everywhere. And the business side of things, we are masterminds called Seven Figure Scaling Systems. So if you check that on YouTube and Instagram, that's on there as well. Uh, so feel free to reach out for anything you need. Awesome, Charlie. It's been a pleasure having you here, mate. Uh, guys, I'm sure you've enjoyed listening to that or watching that as uh, as much as I've enjoyed talking to, Tar to Charlie, and we will definitely be dragging him back for round two. As always, I'm the Matt Haycox. That's T-H-E-M-A-T-T-H-A-Y-C-O-X on all things social. If you've been listening to this as an audio version, we have, this, we have the video versions on YouTube. And if you've been watching it on video and you don't like seeing my face, you can have me in the car on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you want to listen to your podcast. So until a future episode, thank you very much. Awesome, man. Thank you. Cheers, buddy. That's good. That was awesome. Thanks.